sing out this song and I'll be there by your side. Welcome back to Tevating Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our national treasure, Aaron Tevate. This episode is airing on Thanksgiving, so to all those who celebrate, happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you're getting to spend the day being around friends and family. One thing I know I'm still feeling thankful for is the opportunity to have been in the room with Aaron at his Keene University concert on November 12th. The anticipation leading up to this concert was so real and oh my gosh, it did not disappoint. I'm still not over the experience of being in the same room with him to hear him perform on stage live once again. While some of us were blessed enough to have had the opportunity to attend the concert, many were not and have been living vicariously through any footage recorded from that night. Today's podcast guest has played a huge role in making the concert accessible to everyone because she was so sneaky and recorded footage of Aaron's performances. This Aaron Angel's name is Jill, but you may know her by her TikTok handle, Broadway Love. It was so much fun to get to know more about her and her, how her account came to be, to learn more about how she came to be an Aaron fan, and to, of course, recap all things Keen Concert. So, without further ado, here's this week's episode with Jill. All right, so I will turn it over to you if you just want to tell us about how you started Broadway Love and your background related to musical theater, all things Broadway, what drew you into Aaron to date. Anything and everything you want to share. Okay, well, my name's Jill, and I actually got into theater because my older brother started doing, like, school and community stuff when I was a little kid. And his love kind of turned into my love for it. He took me to see my first show. I think I was a freshman in high school, and it was Tarzan, which I wish it kept going. <laughs> it was great. Um, and it kind of just grew from there, and... As far as starting the account, I got bored during COVID, which I feel like most people did. And it was kind of a way to keep the community and like theater alive almost, just sharing little things here and there. Mm -hmm. And then my account really started growing when I posted a video of Aaron, of course, um, at one of his 54 Below shows doing his Adina um impersonation which I mean who doesn't love that and then my first experience I feel like with him was my brother like I said he got me to go and start seeing shows and then before slime tutorials were a thing on YouTube people just posted them whenever they wanted to and I found next to normal and okay. it just opened up to everything mm -hmm. so it was next to normal have you so have you been to other other concerts of his before this one at Keene? No, I have not. Um, I well, I got to see him at Ricky Live, right, which okay. was amazing. He the two of them together, I can't get enough of it. They're just hilarious. And no, I miss them so much together. I miss them loads, and it just kind of became like I don't know. But no, that was my first time seeing him in person. I obviously saw him in Moulin Rouge like eight times, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's it's a plus being a train ride away from the city. So are you 
just to back up, are you in to are are you involved in like musical theater and acting now, or is this your account and everything just like your hobby? It's it's just my hobby now. Um, I do get like like I said, I don't live that far, so I can kind of go in when I want to. But it's definitely just a hobby, and I definitely look for things that people don't post all the time, or maybe try to introduce something that they've never maybe seen or thought about. Um, I'm currently like super really into jukebox musicals, obviously, and parody musicals. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, what's the new one that I just saw? Titanic is amazing. I love that one. And then um, my brother, like I said before, he's, he's still involved in it. He's actually does stage production and stage management. So like, he'll be like, I think you should try this because it's something new or whatever, but it's just really a hobby. Who did you go to? Did you go to the concert by yourself? Did you go? I met friends there. Okay. I actually, um, my friend got the ticket for me mm-hmm. because a uh, fun fact, this friend I actually met because of Aaron and Ricky. Okay. I posted a picture of, I have a shirt that has um, Ricky and Aaron on it as the guys from The Princess Bride. Oh you my know gosh. how they always joke about it. Mm-hmm. And I like posted a picture of it and I tagged Ricky and I was like, what else do you wear to a Ricky show? And he reposted it. And then I just happened to get to with this really nice couple at his show. And she's like, you're the shirt girl. <laughs> you're the shirt girl. And then we became friends ever since. So every time like we see something for Aaron, we're like, are you getting tickets or am I getting tickets? Who's getting tickets for what? Mm-hmm. And um, so I met her there. I met one of my other friends there. And then we kind of all met up after the fact and just hung out and talked about the show. But I think we can all agree that Aaron has given us so much and has enriched our lives in so many different ways. But what I don't think he's fully aware of is how many new friendships have formed as a result of following his work and performances through the years. Like Jill said, she met her friends from the concert through Ricky Live and through a t-shirt based on an Aaron and Ricky inside joke. I have met so many sweet, wonderful people through the Broadway and Aaron social media communities, and I love that at the concert I was able to meet a few of them in person and we were all just in sync because prior to meeting in person, we've spent so much time talking and getting to know more about each other, sharing our love of all things Aaron. The gratitude I feel for this community that Aaron's work has brought together is just immense. But going into the concert, I definitely had a wish list in my head of what I hoped to hear Aaron perform, such as Wicked, Les Mis, and Being Alive, to name a few. I'm obsessed with the YouTube clips of him singing those at past performances, and I was just really hoping for the opportunity to hear those live for myself. But I also was just ready ready to hear his voice again, ready to see him back on stage doing what he loved. And Jill, she had a similar mindset going into the concert. As far as the concerts, did you going into it have like a wish list of what you were hoping to hear him sing? I think everybody wants the wicked and the Mm -hmm. um, being alive Mm -hmm. and uh, some next normal stuff in there. But I don't think so. I think I kind of was just willing to just go along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a little bit different than his 54 stuff because it was just piano. I think he kind of had to keep that in mind with certain songs. 
but I still would give it a hundred out of a hundred. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I would too. Being alive was the number one, like on my list to hear live. And when you started doing it, I just, yes. It like melts you. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And his little opt up on his last live. I don't know how he does it. (laughs) I don't either. A definitely hit would be One Song Glory. I think I look forward to that anytime he wants to do it. Mm -hmm. I think he just nails it every time. Mm-hmm. In the words of Robin Herder, he is unicorn voice and can't really mess it up. So, yes. yeah, he doesn't mess it up, and it just somehow gets better and better, like every time. Yeah, yeah. it keeps on giving all the time. <laughs> all right. So for the concert, his first two songs I had was he had the "What Do I Need with Love," which was his first mm-hmm. one back. Have you seen that musical? The I have seen the clips, but I haven't seen that one in person. No, me neither. And then he sang the Come Ready and See Me. And I loved the stories that he like told going along with that. Like he's asking us to like bear with him because it wasn't going to be the theater song, but it was still like his way of telling stories to connect to his songs is just. Did you have any thoughts on those first two that he did? I, I think there were very good choices. And like you were saying, I love the storytelling that he does mm-hmm. for it. And I like how he kind of kept bringing it back to when he was in school for those students that do go to King University. I, I'm an alumni of there. So it was nice that he kind of like intertwined it back to his days in the beginning, how he kept going back and forth. Um, but I definitely think that it was a great beginning and almost like a soft start to something great yes and that's what I liked about his first song I thought that that was kind of it was a nice like slow start and then like a boom build up which I thought was great prior to singing come ready and see me Aaron asked us to bear with him because he was going to sing an English art song and not a theater one I don't think he's aware that we would listen to him sing literally the phone book if he was performing that so of course we would bear with him for whatever journey he wanted to take us on After singing this song, he took us back to his time and his days at Ithaca College and told us the story of how he used to have a rep class with his voice teacher. And in that class, he was introduced to other musical theater majors. And after a few weeks, they asked him, why are you not a theater major? And here's what he said. Rep class when I was a music major. And um, basically what that means is everyone that studied with my voice teacher, we would meet once a week in a recital hall, very similar to this. And you'd get on stage and you'd have to sing a song. You'd have to find an accompanist and ask them to go practice the song. And then you'd get up in front of your class, which is about 15 or 20 other students studying with your voice teacher. And you'd sing whatever you're working on. And I remember the first couple rep classes, this is the other thing, I was in the 20 students that studied with my voice teacher, probably 16 of them were musical theater majors. That's just the way it worked out. I was one of maybe three or four music students. I think after the second time I sang, for the first time everyone was very nice to me, and we didn't know each other. <laughs> second time I sang, a couple of them stopped me and they said, uh, why aren't you a theater major? And I said, well, I don't really know what a theater major is. And, uh, and they explained it to me. Uh, and after that whole first year of kind of being in that rep class with, uh, with these amazing uh, people who became really good friends of mine, you know, I didn't really know 
well, you could go to school and study theater. You know, I, 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 I grew up in a place I got to do four plays, four musicals when I was in high school, but I didn't know anyone that was an actor. I didn't know anyone that went to school for acting. So it's just not something that I, I really knew what it was, and I knew I wanted to sing. Uh, so it's actually being in that rep class that and meeting these other theater students um, that, that really pushed me in that direction, and I auditioned for the program, and all of a sudden I was a musical theater major in the theater school, and I was, it was an amazing program, and I got to learn all this musical theater repertoire that I didn't really know. I really, at that point, only knew the four, the four shows that I did in high school. It's amazing that it was that class and that question that pushed him to switch gears from music to pursue musical theater. He also shared how since he dropped out of school to be on the rent tour, he never got to perform at his senior recital. And being that this concert took place in the Enlo Recital Hall, he said that it was like his chance to have the recital that he missed out on, and how lucky we all were to have been there to witness that. Aaron also said that during his rep class, there were certain popular songs that they just were not allowed to sing because they'd become so overused. Songs from the last five years at the time were on that list. <laughs> and right on cue, Brian reminded Aaron that he probably sang it better than Norbert Leo Butts did anyway, which sent Aaron and the audience into laughter. When before he sang with the the last five years, I could be in love with someone like you. Did you catch with Brian when when he threw in the inside joke about Norbert? Like, yeah, better. <laughs> I did um, because his sound, his recording of it from Fifty Four Below. Mm -hmm. That's what he's referring to, and I don't know if you know this because you can't find anything right about it because it was recorded live right. you can't really find videos of it I did see one of mm -hmm. him audio of him messing it up mm -hmm. and he was like well now we got to restart it because I just went on this whole rant about how I can do it so much better than him because they were doing catch me if you can at the time and I just thought it was great and it was a nice little throwback <laughs> which I thought was perfect Stop. Now you can tell Norbert that I totally fucked it up. But his performance at Keene was flawless, complete with the river dance and all. It's such a random song that my husband, who is not into musical theater at all, asked me, is, is this real? Ricky Rojas actually asked Aaron the same thing in one Ricky Live. Do you remember that? Here it is. My first crush on an Irish girl, I was 10 years old and her name was Elaine. Little redhead girl, well she looked like you, but if you were 10, which you are clearly not. Not that you look old, but you get my I'll just stop now. Okay, wait. What the fuck is that? That's a song from us, right? No wonder I haven't seen it. I'll probably laugh at it. I'll be like, what are you? I'll be like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Your first crush was an Irish girl. Just speak normal. <laughs> so much information to be in music. Just say it. I like this Irish girl, um, and her name was Elaine. Beautiful. I get it. Time to digest the information. Yeah. Um, All right. I checked in. She was a Republican, though, and a parapsychologist. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. So See, I've missed all of that shit avoided, in the fucking song. I avoided the. Uh, Stop trying to fit so much information in music. People don't get it. 
Yeah, no, they do because music is convey music conveys emotion in musicals. Yeah, but you missed so much info. What? You missed the info. And then, of course, there was Rent, where Aaron performed the classic one one song glory and surprised us all by performing Without You, which was Mimi's song in Rent. But one song glory, I mean, he can sing that as many times as he wants, and it's perfection every single time. But without you, brand new. Aaron shared that he's always wanted to sing it, but for a concert, he worried that it might be too repetitive. But when he presented the idea to Brian, Brian of course worked his magic, and together they debuted the song. Aaron's variation was like nothing I've ever heard before. He's so absolutely captivating when he sings. He hits the notes just right to draw you in and then completely blow you away with his opt-up variations. When he started, before we knew what the song was, when he's like, I've never done this one before, like what what were you thinking it could be or what were your thoughts there? I think I feel like I just kind of went blank and was like, what could this possibly be? Like, because I feel like he tries to do a little bit of stuff and I didn't know if it was going to be like a new song from something coming up or if it was going to be... We all know he loves to do Taylor Swift. I didn't know if that was going to be on there, but I was like, what could this possibly be? And then when the notes started coming, I was like, okay. And then when he started talking about how, well, I kind of sing a little bit of at the end. And I was like, okay, it's definitely maybe something he's been in, but wasn't really sure where it was going. But it was, it was a good choice. Really ready for the Indina impressions. I was not prepared for the without you, for him no, to go I wasn't that. either. It was... It was pretty impressive. And it, it feels like special that he was like, I've never done this before. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, oh, you like you worked on this and like Brian's arrangement, of everything was beautiful. Like mm -hmm. he did a great job of tweaking little things on them. And I thought it was perfect. Mm -hmm. And because it was that amazing, here's a clip from Without You, because why not? nostalgia train right on moving as he transitioned from rent into wicked and this portion of the concert had me literally on the edge of my seat with excitement he started the segment joking with brian about how they were both involved in wicked but at different times so they never crossed paths and i think the audience expected aaron to break into his indina menzel impressions like he'd done in the past Instead, he stepped up to the mic and said he was going to perform a song that he had never performed at a concert before and hadn't since 2008. And then Brian starts the music for Dancing Through Life and just before the part of the song when he would sing, let's go down to the Ozdust Ballroom, he took the mic off the stand and took a step back. And in my head, I was thinking, oh my God, please do the dance steps, please do the dance steps. And he, he did the freaking dance steps. I, along with the rest of the audience, was in complete awe. After Dancing Through Life, he transitioned right into The Wizard and I, 
which he has also never performed at a concert before, unless it was just the funny impressions of hitting Idina's high notes. His joy and expressions when performing this song only added to its perfection. I've been asked what was my favorite part of the night, and while I loved it all, the Wicket segment definitely takes one of the top spots for me. Now we got some throwbacks, but Aaron also kept up with some current characters too and gave us some Schmigadoon content at his concert. We got to hear so many new songs and I'm just still not over it. Have you seen Schmigadoon, like the series? Yes. What do you think of it? I think it's genius. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a, like he was saying, it was a great way to keep theater alive in a time that we didn't have it. And I think that, it was kind of what we needed to mm-hmm. try and feel connected again to live theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait for season two. I know. I think gosh. it's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. And all the tweets saying that he's going to be singing more. Like, I can't wait. That was like the biggest, I guess, complaint about season one was Aaron. Not I mean, voice, but always. <laughs> With unicorn voice, you just, you need to let him do as much as he can. Absolutely. At the top of this section, Aaron started with the story of his audition for Schmigadoon and how after reading the script, he instantly thought of Billy Bigelow and Carousel. So that's what he went in and sang at his audition. He said he went into it with the attitude that either they're going to love it or he's going to crash and burn. Here's a clip of Aaron speaking about his Schmigadoon audition with Backstage wasn't necessarily supposed to sing in my audition and but at the end of that first scene i just ad-libbed right into if i loved you like a little snip of the song carousel yeah you know i like to go big or go home when i audition for stuff (laughs) so you know that was either going to totally crash and burn or they were going to say no that's what we're trying to do and luckily for this and i found out afterwards from cinco that was exactly what they were trying to do and i think that you know he told me that that showed them that i knew what 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 this was. So. Yeah, yeah, you understood the assignment. That's yeah, great. Exactly. <laughs> After sharing this story, Aaron gave us a taste of If I Loved You, and then Danny Bailey entered the arena, hands on the hips and all, and You Can't Tame Me made its concert debut. He talked to us after about how grateful he is that he still had the opportunity to work and perform during the pandemic while the rest of the world was shut down, and he gave some plugs to the upcoming season of Schmigadoon or Chicago. And while he was telling this, it was funny because his lack of social media presence was showing when he was plugging Chicago and the audience was just finishing his sentences at times. It was perfect because it's like we knew the information that was out there before he did. Then came the song that was at the top of my wish list to hear Aaron perform live, Being Alive. Aaron gave some background about Company, saying that it was the hardest performance he's ever done, and how grateful he is that the late Stephen Sondheim had the chance to see him perform in that role of Bobby. He also said that the song Being Alive means something different to him every time he sings it. Jill is also on Team Release the Footage of Aaron's Company performance. I mean, aren't we all? Being Alive, have you found, have you by chance like found any clips of company or are they they're just completely under tight lock and key for I've found interviews that he did for mm-hmm. company that also like show little clippets of mm-hmm. um the songs that he's mm-hmm. done 
for it playing Bobby and they all sound great. I kind of wish that they did like an album, but you know, yes. Fingers crossed. I'd be like, take my money, take my money. But absolutely. I don't know if he like realizes how much money or like anything people would give for footage or even audio of any of his work, but even like how we just have clips of like wicked or we just have like dancing through life or like those songs just to have like clips of company, like would just be, because yeah. that, that was such an incredible performance and being alive is like is one every single time he does it just like sucks you in. Yeah. I also wish that there was more clips of assassins Yes, because it's, I don't think he's ever played like a main character before. So I think it would have been interesting to see more if we could find more clips of that. I think it would be amazing. I think I've only ever seen just like rehearsal footage. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So at the concert before performing Being Alive, Aaron proceeded to tell us about one performance of company in particular where just before he was going to go out to perform, he found out that his grandmother had passed away. He says that he remembered really channeling her and her full life into his performance that night. Hearing him sing Being Alive is an experience in and of itself, but hearing it live, that's indescribable. And in true Aaron form, he hit the last note of Alive in a way that only national treasure Aaron Tveit can do. After that, Aaron gave his final bow and left the stage to a standing ovation. But don't worry, that wasn't his final bow. He returned. He said that he feels like he can't do a concert now without singing Moulin Rouge. And then, for the first time since he left the show on May 8th, Aaron performed Come What May. And to quote one of the classiest Disney ladies around, Mary Poppins, his Come What May performance was practically perfect in every way come what may i mean he kind of had to finish of with it of course he had to finish with it <laughs> i couldn't like i didn't put it together because i feel like i've listened to so many clips of him like singing it as like at other yeah. concerts as like a last one that when somebody posted it like for the first time since may 8th like that didn't click that night head. right like that night that didn't click that that was the first time he had done that and now it's just like now I can't like not think of that.
been almost two weeks since Aaron's concert, and yet, mentally, I'm still there. Jill's TikTok clips and the audios my husband was able to capture play a huge role in helping me go right back to that experience. And as we were reflecting on the performances, Jill shared one song that would have actually been a perfect addition to his concert set list because of the role that it played in his life at that time. And we also shared some highlights of the night. I don't know. It was, I think it was almost like a perfect night. Mm-hmm. Like if I could pick one song that I wish he added to it, I think it would be the baseball song. Oh, that would have fit perfectly. Like with yeah. that whole theme. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That would have I fit love well. hearing him do that song and I don't know why. It just, it's just one of those songs when I hear it, I'm like, perfect and I almost wish that they put it at the end of undrafted like if they could have gotten the rights to it when he hits that last home run it would have been amazing well that's a really good one and that like song too like yes him singing it but it's just like it's baseball it's like nostalgic like everybody has some connection yeah to it so like oh that would have been really good especially like since he sang that for his like one of his first auditions for like musical theater I like, I think the only thing that I wish we could have seen is like just some lay miss, just because I love those clips from other concerts and just like yes. the entertainment piece that he does with that. But maybe we'll see it in Erie. Are you going to the Erie concert? I don't know. I have to figure that out. Okay. I might go, but I'm going to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. That's one of the best ones too that I see when he does those like medleys of it. Mm-hmm. And then I love when he always does it. And then he's like, nope, got to start over. The key's too high. And now he's like, like lower, lower. And that's lower, like odd for him because usually he's like up, up, up. Yeah. So He's like, that's way too high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I hope like, I'm sure he will be, but I hope Brian's with him for Erie as well. I definitely think that Wicked and Rent were probably the mm-hmm. highlights for me. Um, just because those are just... Like, who doesn't know Wicked or Rent? Mm -hmm. And the fact that he was in both of those and just kind of, I feel like almost when he does those, I feel like maybe he's like reliving his moments doing those shows, which I think is always nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely highlights for me, especially like you were saying, him going from Dancing Through Life to The Wizard and I, like just that nice little flow switch that he did because I kind of, I expected him to do the, like you were saying, the Adina thing, but I didn't expect him to like do the full out like song, which I thought was nice. Right. Yeah. That was a nice surprise. Yeah. So both of those segments and both of those having songs that he had never done before, like made them like level up even more. So Jill and I finished our recap of the concert, but This was an Aaron conversation after all, and it wouldn't be complete without talking about Moulin Rouge. Jill was there on May 8th for his final show, and I loved being able to hear about her recount of her experiences that night. Were you at his last Moulin Rouge show? No, I saw it. I went the end of April and then left the theater and like bought tickets to go right back um, the Wednesday, like his last Wednesday matinee. I was there. Oh, really? <laughs> I was in Can Can Seats for his Wednesday. Yes. That was the one where Tam got called out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we were right, like, 
second row of where he comes across to like lift the sign. So we were right. Yeah. Right there. I, I was lucky enough to snag a cheap can can seat for that one. And I was oh, like, nice. okay, I'm going. And then I got tickets to see his last night anyway. But you were, oh, you were there the last night. Yeah. How would you describe the energy that night? Electric. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one word, like you could just see. So like when he walked across the stage, obviously everybody stood and applaud. But when he stood up and he looks at Zither and has to say Satine for the first time, like, you know, they say it together, like he broke and like everybody just like cheered and like applauded, like you got this, we got this for you, which was really nice and like special. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I would have lost it as an audience member. Like I've seen clips of him crying. You like brings it out, but to be there and see it like in person. Right. But I almost think it was a blessing in disguise because there was a couple of hiccups, mm-hmm. which I think kind of like reset the tone. Yes. Which, I mean, I guess everybody wants their last show to be flawless, mm-hmm. but I almost think that it was like, okay, like this little funny thing to kind of like keep it light, but also it's sad, but also it's good because you're, you're like moving on, but in a good way. Yeah. I remember like Ricky did a lot or the, yeah, Ricky and Tam did their podcast and they talked about the last show and Tam's like sitting there waiting to hear from them after. And it just kept getting later and later and later. And he's like, what is going on? And like between those technical difficulties and the amount of cheering, it went on yeah. forever. So you, were you close enough? Like, could you see Tam on Ricky's phone? I wasn't close enough. I didn't realize that was happening at first. And then I realized that there was a phone in his hand And then I was like, oh, man, I wish that somebody I know that Tam's wife got a couple of clips Mm -hmm. of it. But like, I wish that they thought to record the FaceTime. Yeah. But no, I realized what it was. And Tam and Ricky are both so nice. Like, Mm -hmm. I've met both of them in like, I met Ricky in person and have shared messages with Tam. And they're just both so nice. Yeah, they both seem extremely nice and like fun people to be around yeah as I like to call them the boo- the booze of the rouge like the three of them because mm-hmm. I just think they're just so funny and the three of them together them at Ricky's show was amazing too mm-hmm. have you met Aaron no I haven't met him in person mm-hmm. I know me neither I've like just seen him fingers crossed I know <laughs> fingers crossed hopefully I thought maybe there was a chance at Keen, but he didn't come out so no he didn't And that's a wrap. I am so grateful to Jill for being generous enough with her time to recap the concert with me and share some of her personal experiences. We talked about connecting again when Chicago premieres to discuss that, so hopefully we can make that happen in the future. In the meantime, Jill, keep sharing your content. We're living for it. Thank you so much for listening today and for your continued support of this podcast. If you don't already, go and follow Jill on TikTok at Broadway underscore love, L-U-V. And if you're looking for more fun Aaron content, you can follow me on Instagram at Tevading underscore patiently and on TikTok at Tevading patiently, no underscore. Hope to have you back here for episode 24.